So did you bond with your brothers? We spent, let's see, from Monday to Thursday morning bonding. That's a lot of bonding. Yes, good enough for a year. We see each other during the year, Yeah, but uh, this is always a wonderful time. We hike during the day, we play cards at night. That's a nice time that you guys can be together to do that. I know when I was together with my brothers around my dad's funeral last spring, we had grand, grandiose ideas of getting together again during the summer, especially around my dad's birthday, uh, which was August 23rd, because it would have been his 70th birthday. So we thought, oh, that would be cool to get together and yes. celebrate. It never happened. We got too busy. Well, We were opening a church this fall. We're, we're at a different stage in our families, too. Uh, my brothers are all grandparents. Oh, yeah. And so it's not like they have little kids at home. That makes a big difference. Sure. Sure. Welcome to the 23 Podcast, everybody. Michael Pupp is here with Father Herb Weber. Uh, that's me. And uh, we are just going through the fall. It's going so quickly. We're into November for the Sunday. But before we move on, I have to tell you, after Mass Sunday, yeah. several people came up and told me they like to drink coffee from tin cups as well, especially over open fire. I was talking tin, about Were you talking about that last time on the podcast? I must have been, because where else did I talk about it that... Uh, <laughs> the the Boy Scouts, the the masses out there. Mm. Yes. I think I do remember talking. I'm drinking coffee right now. So if out of a tin cup, folks. It's out of a St. John the twenty third mug. Okay. But um yeah, because I remember talking about camping. It's just not my favorite thing. I've done it. And in the words of the great prophet Jim Gaffigan, <laughs> why would I pay money to pretend that I'm homeless? Enough said. Oh, oh, you're missing it totally, but that's all right. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the fourth, no, the 31st Sunday of Ordinary Time on November 4th. And I want to ask, before we do, it's, it's getting to the end of the year, so I will ask my perennial question, how many Sundays of Ordinary Time are there? There are 33 Sundays of Ordinary Time. Unless you also count... The, the big... Christ the King? Yes, yes. The celebration of the final Sunday is Christ the King. Yes. And once in a while, there's a 34th. Depends on how the calendar falls. Right. Yeah, we've talked about this in previous I know. I always, I always bring it up. You like to keep me on my toes. I, yes. I have to ask a few other questions. Okay. How many chapters are there in Mark's Gospel? Oh, I don't know that off the top of my head. I'm going to guess... If you say 16, you are on target. I'm going to guess 16. Very good. I think that's it's, not what I was going to guess. It's by far the shortest gospel. And this coming Sunday, we are already in chapter 12. Oh, we're getting near the end. And yes, especially when for, uh, the last couple chapters, 14 and 15, uh, are the, the patient account. So really, we just have 12 and 13. And to, then you guys till, can take the winter off. the Feast of Christ the King. Yeah. <laughs> no, then we start the Gospel of Luke. Oh, and of course, the beautiful season of, I won't, uh, don't say it. You it's, don't want to say it yet because you're not ready. Musically. I haven't started planning any masses, yeah. but that season before Christmas is coming, which it's, is wonderful. Speaking of masses, we continue to celebrate in our new church building. Have you noticed a comfort level? I feel much more comfortable now than I did three weeks ago. I was telling somebody yesterday, the uh, Ron Colley space was like an old shoe for me. I just knew the space. I knew the building. Mm -hmm. I knew every step where I walked. I didn't have to worry about anything. I knew how much time it took to go from here to there. Kind of like and, a smelly old shoe with some well, holes in it. Well, not smelly. So. <laughs> it was a good place. It was a it good place. It was a pl loving yeah. place. Yeah. But at the same time, 
this is starting to fit. Yeah, I would say now that we've had two weddings in there, you know, a couple, a few weekends of, of masses, and then I felt very comfortable yesterday during our, fun- we had the first funeral in the yes. new church yesterday, and it, it just felt very comfortable for me. I am definitely finding the space um, to be holy, to be inviting. One of the Franciscan sisters that was there yesterday, mm-hmm. because Shirley was an associate of the Franciscans. Shirley was the woman whose funeral we celebrated yeah. yesterday. And she was an associate of the Tiffin Franciscans. So several sisters were there. And I, I, I think it was Sister uh, Paulette who came up to me afterwards and she said, it's such inviting space, uh, clean, beautiful, open. And I said, yes, I will agree with you on all of that. But I would say it's even more beautiful when it's filled with people. It's like, it to me, it almost like beckons people to come in and fill the pews. Yeah. Speaking of sisters, last week while you were gone bonding with your brothers. You we, were bonding with the sisters. We had a group of about 20 sisters of Notre Dame here that came from uh, their, their residence in White House. Their retirement center? Correct, yeah. And so all retired, uh, all different um, physical abilities. And I became good friends quickly with one of the sisters uh, who I later learned had dementia. She was just very chatty, very physically agile. And um, I, Sister Anne Mary volunteered me to play a couple of songs for them. And so I sat and I played a couple of songs. And uh, this sister came up afterwards and she said, I can't read any music, but I've always played by ear. So she sat down at the new piano in the church and played flawlessly Edelweiss from beginning to end, from beautiful, memory. Beautiful. And I showed her the drums, and we were talking about music and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we walked from the music platform out into the gathering space. And she looked at me, and she said, so what do you do around here? Are you the custodian? <laughs> and I said, well, sometimes I do help clean up as much as I can. Well, the, the truth <laughs> is, people listening to this, that is pretty much one of the things Michael doesn't do. Yeah. He does he does the technology. He I do- don't clean up after myself. Yeah. Uh, so all week last week, Sister and Mary and I were just laughing. So what do you do around here? Are you the custodian? After I played like two or three songs for them. Well, <laughs> Good times. Even our custodians are musically inclined here. No, Terry Terry always wants to replace me. He always says, we can, uh, we can just replace you with the computer. You don't even need to come in on the weekends. And then I joke with him and I say, Terry, that's why they made the Roomba. Yeah, so so that to replace him. Yeah. Okay, let's go into the reading. Are, are we ready? People have been waiting for that. As I said, the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time. I'm going to start by reading a little bit of the first reading. Are you ready for this? I am. I'm only going to read the first part. Okay. Moses spoke to the people saying, Fear the Lord your God and keep throughout the days of your lives all the statutes and commandments which I enjoin on you and thus have a long life. Okay, now that connects with the gospel because the gospel is all about which is the great commandment. Mm -hmm. So Moses had already said, keep all the statutes, all the commandments. But the reason I want to read it first is because people hear that phrase, fear the Lord your God. Mm -hmm. And I've had people say, are we supposed to be afraid of God? Well, even when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, fear of the Lord. Yeah is one of them. And I try to tell people it's not fear as in the sense of scared Halloween fear, you know, which which this week is the week. Yeah. Are you dressing up? 
You know, I'm going to be here for the men's retreat team meeting, which is uh, Wednesday night after the uh, vigil mass. So you're, I'm sensing your costume, you'll be like casual priest. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go as priest. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> oh, but uh, the, the idea of fear in, in Scripture is like standing in awe, A-W-E, mm -hmm. awe and trembling. In other words, it's not like you're afraid that God is going to strike you down you know, all those jokes about the light, watch out for the lightning strike. Yeah. It's, it's not that kind of fear. It's more like in great awe, you're before the, you're before the one holy, the one beyond any of us. And it's always by contrast. Mm. We look at ourselves and we see we are not holy. We are not totally pure. Right. But when you stand before the one who is complete love without failing, uh, the contrast is so great that we are just struck by that. Well, I think what characterizes that well is, you know, another translation for the one of the for fear of the Lord, and when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is wonder and awe. Yes, and I think those two words can really better personify what we're trying to to say, rather than just simply saying fear of the Lord. Well, fear of the Lord, I think, uh, especially with kids, it's almost like you know. Watch out, God's going to get you. We sang this incredible piece when I was in college, uh, when I was in the men's chorus. Uh, and I believe it may have been called the fear of the, the piece was called the fear of the Lord. And it, the, you know, the whole, re, the whole kind of focal point of the text was the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which is that from one of the Psalms, I know it's from the Old Testament. Yes. And, um, but the way the music characterized, it was almost like, um, almost like a storm you could hear the like the thunder and the wind and the lightning and um have you ever stood outside when you know there's a big thunderstorm coming and maybe it's a few miles away mm -hmm. and there's uh, like a, a charge in the air you can feel it you can smell it yeah and you feel very small mm. you feel the, the the grandeur of god the greatness the power and also become conscious that we are really quite, quite small, quite little. Yeah. But it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Like I like it. I like to know that I'm not running the universe. There, I am not master of the universe. You are. That was a TV show, wasn't it? I'm not even master of this building. <laughs> the, we have custodians. Yeah, that's right. We have that's pa what, piano playing custodians for that. That's what master keys are for. Um, there's this great video that I saw on social media probably a few months ago. And it begins very simply with a human being laying kind of on the grass, looking up at the sky. And it quickly starts to zoom out. And it zooms out um, over the state, over the country, over the continent. Uh, and it continues to zoom out all the way past the planet, through the solar system, past the galaxy, all the way into the universe. And it, it's identifying all of these spaces that I have no idea what, what they are. And it gets basically as far out as you can possibly fathom. Yes. And to show like how small we actually are. And then it rapidly zooms all the way back into the person and then into their... It keeps on going. And it keeps on going all the way down to the atoms in their body. And it, it, I, from, I, the, from their body, it breaks all the, all the different parts of you know, the way God created all the, the pieces that make us up. It's mind-blowing, God's design. It sounds exactly like... Maybe it's the one that I saw like 35, 40 years ago. Is it the, did it look new? 
It looked it, it looked fairly new, yeah. It was digitized in some way. It was probably an updated version of an old film I used to use when I was teaching high school religion mm. in the 1970s. And but, did but a similar I, thing? It was very similar. It went out into the space and then came back and went into all the little parts of the body inside the corpuscles. And then, you know, you saw the... At first, you saw like the parts of the blood, and then the breakdown of that, and then the nucleus, and yeah, yeah, it's absolutely right incredible. So when you think about all of that, you know, the the wonder of God's creation and all of the other things that you know we can observe and we learned about through the advances of science, um, it's almost impossible not to be in awe of God just from a creation. Well, standpoint. it puts us in perspective. Yeah. Okay. With that in mind, let's read the gospel because the gospel. This is an unusual gospel in the fact that it it repeats. It says, What's that? It, yes, exactly. <laughs> it says the same thing uh, two times over. So you're going to read just the first part then? I'm going to read the first part. Even on you, Sunday? And then you get to read the second part. Oh, I'll be, I'll be the redundancy. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, the first is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You were right in saying he is one, and there is no other than he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered with understanding, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to ask him any more questions. So the only difference is when the scribe, the scribe is almost like testing Jesus here, but it's, it's in a friendly way. It's not one of those where they're trying to catch Jesus off guard, which often happens. Mm -hmm. Here it's almost like a sincere question. And then he says, You're right. And then he says something very, very significant. By loving God, loving neighbor is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And that's kind of a judgmental statement on the way the temple was being run at that time. Yeah, can you, because to hear burnt offerings and sacrifices means well, not a lot to me. What, you don't have burnt offerings? When I try to Just cook, Just some I burnt do. meals, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> burnt offerings and sacrifices, that's definitely a reference to the, the temple. Mo there was only one temple. There were individual synagogues in different villages and towns, mm -hmm. but the temple was one. And so people would go there maybe once a year if they were uh, able, sometimes a couple times a year. Sounds like some Catholics I know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that whole thing about Jesus uh, cleansing the temple, chasing out the money changers and the animals because people would come and to have their burnt offerings the whole idea of a burnt offering is you would take the animal and slaughter it and it would be killed and then like the blood at least would be thrown on the altar mm -hmm. and then it was a blood almost like a communion because the smoke would rise up to God. Mm. But the re And then if you remember the passage in the Old Testament where Moses took the, the oil and also sprinkled it on the people. Yeah. Uh, not the oil, the blood and sprinkled it on the people. So that... They had the blood on them, and the blood went to God, so they were in union with God. Aren't you glad Jesus gave us bread and wine instead of animals and physical blood? Yeah. I mean, even when the bishop 
uh, put the oil on the walls, the chrism on the walls, yeah. I was thinking to myself, I'm so glad it's just a beautiful chrism, nice smelling chrism, and not old blood. Yeah. <laughs> We've come so far. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's the whole idea that you can't have sacrifice without your heart being in the right place. Mm. And so you can't just go to church and go through the motions and then go out and do as you did before. Mm. If it doesn't affect you, something's wrong. You know, sometimes people refer to mass as the sacrifice of the mass that we as as Catholics partake in a sacrifice each week. What's that allusion to when they talk about the uh, it, mass? It's as definitely a, a, a. It's more than an allusion. It's a definite definite reference to the sacrifice on the cross. That's why the crucifix, especially now in our church, so prominently displayed right above the altar. Yeah, is a reminder that this is the sacrifice of the mass. But I thought you were going to say, because in the old days, Catholics were often accused of re-killing Jesus at every Mass. Oh, I have heard that before. And so, no, it's it's more like we are hearkening back to the one sacrifice. And if you read the letter to the Hebrews, which are, has been our second reading for the last five, six weeks, mm -hmm. it says there is only one sacrifice. Uh, we d it doesn't have to be done over and over again. But but we recall it, we are present to it. So the prayer, right after the consecration, so it's not just when the priest says, this is my body given up for you, this is my blood poured out for you. Mm -hmm. Very, very powerful words. Right. Those are the words of institution. Yeah. But the prayer right after that is the one you want to listen to. So we sing the... the uh, Mystery of Faith. Mystery of Faith, uh, which is... Which one are we using? This Currently we're using Save Us, Savior of the World, for by your cross and resurrection, right. you have By your us. cross and resurrection, you have... So it already includes the resurrection. Mm -hmm. But the prayer right after that basically says, and Lord, we recall, we remember, we are present mm -hmm. in your death, your resurrection, your ascension, and we long for the coming, the second coming, as we offer you this sacrifice. So this sacrifice is the same sacrifice. It's We are renewing it, and we are present with it, but we're not creating a new one. I found on Sunday when we had the community open house, we had a nice little turnout for the open house despite the rainy, rainy afternoon we were rainy, having. Rainy, rainy, rainy. And um, Father and I were alternating taking people on tours through the church, and uh, I would bring them kind of around the perimeter of the church and then right up to the steps in front of the altar just to kind of give them that perspective of the the crucifix. And I really enjoyed their commentary. And, and sometimes I wouldn't go as far as to say speechlessness, but their in some ways wonder and awe just at the 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 beauty of the image that Tim Schmalz created in that yeah, piece. I use the word jaw-dropping. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right, so Mark chapter 12. And how many chapters are there in Mark? 16. And, I can tell you that and, confidently now. And number 16 is basically about the resurrection and the ascension. Mm -hmm. So 14 and 15 are the passion, and we're in 12. So that means we have three weeks to go finish chapter 12 and do th chapter 13. Sounds like a piece of cake. That's what we're doing to finish this uh, liturgical year. By the way, the, the liturgical year is cyclical. We have three, three years, year A, B, and C, mm -hmm. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So we are in the second year. It ends with the Feast of Christ the King. This year, that is the weekend after Thanksgiving, it's a week later that Advent comes. Advent is always four Sundays before Christmas. 
And because Thanksgiving is very early this year, mm-hmm. uh, we have that. Really, we have more time between Thanksgiving and Christmas than most years. It's going to be a fun holiday season this year. I'm looking forward to just kind of getting settled into our first Advent. There, I said it, and Christmas. You did say the the A word. In the new church. Hey, uh, I'm totally going to backpedal because I noticed something last night, uh, and this could be insignificant, but it struck me while during our vocal rehearsal last night as we were preparing for this weekend in the responsorial psalm. Uh, this weekend, we are uh, singing Psalm 18. The response is very simply, I love you, Lord, my strength. I know. I, that struck me, too. I thought, what a beautiful, uh, simple phrase. So, yeah, and the, the, the music that um, accompanies this psalm this weekend is really beautiful. But I noticed in the verses this week, it, it, um, it doesn't happen a lot in the psalms, at least not that I've noticed, that there are exclamation points in the text that we're exclaiming something that we're, um, it's not just a series of phrases, um, but the, the author used exclamation points, especially in the third verse. Um, it's an exclamation of the Lord lives and blessed be my rock. And so as I was working with the cantor for this weekend, I said, don't just gloss through these phrases. You know, the author is excited in what they were writing here and our music needs to portray that too. In fact, it even says, I'm just noticing, in the verse 2, it uses the word exclaim. Exclaim. That's where we got the name for the festival, Psalm 18. It was a summer festival. (laughs) Well, this goes back to the very first thing I said about fear. Fear of the Lord is not being afraid, Mm -hmm. but seeing that grandeur of God. Mm. And then the other part, love the Lord, is is, uh, with all your heart, with all your soul. It's really a beautiful way of just saying, put it out there. Give God it everything you have. Well, let's try to do that this week. We'll accompany each other on that journey. Don't forget this Friday at seven o'clock, the Toledo Symphony will be here at the church. We hope to see you here. We're expecting a big turnout. Otherwise, we'll see you here this weekend for Mass. God's blessing to everyone.